congregation, the text for this morning's our sermon is from 1 Corinthians 11, especially the third verse. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 3. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ. And the head of the woman is the man. And the head of Christ is God. So far. The theme this morning is biblical headship. And with the help of the Lord, three thoughts. In the first place, three types of headship. As you see in our text, three types. Singly, tender headship, not harsh, not authoritative, but tender. Tender headship. And third place, respected headship, to respect the head. Biblical headship, three types of headship, tender headship, Respected headship. Congregation, young people, we all know what a head is, don't we? A head with eyes, ears, a mouth, a nose, brain. A head. What does it mean that something is the head of the wife, the head of Christ, the head of the church? It is a metaphor, right? And the Lord has on purpose used this metaphor. Because with the head you see, with the head you smell, with the head you speak, with the head you eat, with the head you hear, with the head you think. So the head is an essential part of the body. You can live without an arm. You cannot live without a head. The head is the savior of the body. And the head is as important, equally important as the body. Is my head more important than my eye? No, it's of equal value. And yet something is greater, right? So the head is greater than the body, but not different in value. And that is the reason why the Apostle Paul is speaking here. He has a very practical chapter about headship in the family, and about obedience, and about submitting, and about wearing hats in church. As the angels require, very practical, but also very spiritual. I would have you know, I like you to know to think about it. This is not trivial. This is important, really. I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ. The head of every man, and the head of the woman is the man. That sounds familiar. And then, and the head of Christ is God. Let's start there. Let's begin there. The head of Christ is God. So the Lord Jesus in the Trinity is experiencing that his Father is the head and that he is under him. He obeys him. He respects him. He is doing services for his Father. His Father is the head. And especially when you think of the Lord Jesus 
also in the flesh, God and man. He is looking up to his father. He is not the head himself in this case. We see that in the Bible. I read in John 14. You have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye love me, ye would rejoice because I said I go unto my father. For my father is greater than I. So this is holy ground, right? The father is the head of his son. And his son earth in the human and, and, and the divine nature is looking up against him and is submitting to him. I read in John 4 about the Samaritan woman. And the Lord Jesus is also is talking to his disciples. And listen to this. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. He said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Has any man brought him to eat? Jesus saith unto them, My meat, my meat, my food, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. So the Lord Jesus said regarding his father, I live unto him. I do things for him. I respect him. I love to do his work. It is my meat, my food to do the will of him who has sent me. So God the Father is the head of Christ. In fact, it's not just a thought. This is essential for salvation. If God would not be God, God the Father, and He the Son, and the express image, and if Christ would not have a head in the Father, He would not have to obey. But He obeys His Father. We can't understand that. The Son obeying the Father respecting him, doing his will. But if without that, we cannot be saved. It's deep. It is beautiful. That God the Father is the Father, is the head of Christ. Let me try to fill in the details a little bit more. I read in Philippians 2 about the Lord Jesus who being in the form of God thought not robbery to be equal with God. See, equal. The head and the body equal. Keep it in mind for later. Who being in the form of God God, not robbery to be equal with God, but although equal, he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. So the Lord Jesus Christ looked up to his father. He was equal to him. But the father is greater. The father is greater, but they are equal. See that? 
that's the, the, the groundwork for the relationship between husband and wife. Equal, and yet the other one is greater. I also read a piece about that in Hebrews 1. He has in the last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, and himself pursed our sins, set down on the right hand of the majesty of God. So Christ is equal to the Father, co-equal in the Trinity. One of the three persons is not more important. And yet Lord Jesus said, he is greater than I. I like the thought. I see something of the beauty of Christ here. His innocence. His loyalty. His love. His desire to do the will of his Father. Fulfilling the law. He was without sin. He is the second Adam. The first Adam fell. Did not recognize the headship of the Father. But he did. So three types of headship. One in heaven, between God the Father and the Son. One between Christ and the church, that is vertical. And another one, the husband and wife, horizontal on earth. So in the Trinity, towards earth, and among men. Let us focus on the single man. I read in Ephesians 5, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife. We'll talk about it later. Even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. It's kind of simple, and I probably don't tell you anything new. But an Evan Eve was made by the Lord from a rib. Eve was presented unto Adam. He said, This is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She is part of me. Based on the rib was taken, right? So Eve was made out of the rib of Adam. So she was taken out of man. Is it important? Yeah. Because that means when Adam saw his wife, he saw himself. She was part of him. She was bone of his bones and flesh of his flesh. And nobody has ever hated his own body. Right? You don't hate your own body. Maybe cementally ill. But nobody, you don't hate your own body. Christ cannot hate his own body, which is the church. By God's grace, the Lord Jesus is the head of the church. And his children are part of the body. He is bone of their bones. He is flesh of their flesh. So that bond between Christ and the church is so intense. 
the love is so deep that it is compared to that head here. And again, a head with the head you hear and see and smell and speak and eat. That means that the head is the savior. The head is the savior of the body. Maybe the head you can eat. So you are nourished by the head. And so Christ nourishes, reigns, governs, loves his own body. But do you think how God's people feel when the Lord applies that to their heart? When it really sinks in, I am bone of his bones. I'm flesh of his flesh. He loves me as his own body. That's deep, isn't it? And I may preach it unto you this morning. If you may have grace, then Lord Jesus loves you so intensely. He says, I love you as myself. That means that you have everything for time and for eternity, for body and for soul. That is so humbling, so much to rejoice in. He loves me as his own body. Love your lives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. He has given himself for it. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of God by words. That he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be, be holy and without blemish. See? Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. As the head. But now our text says, and the head of every man is Christ. It doesn't say the church. It says every man. So that brings a little bit sideways that Christ is the head of the church, but also in a different sense, the head of all things. The head of all things? Yeah, he is. Because he is the creator, the co-creator. He's not only the shepherd, he's not only the king, not only the bridegroom, he's also owning our people. As you also read in Bon John. Nevertheless, in the deepest sense, he is the head of his church. So we saw the line in heaven, headship of the Father over his Son Christ. We see a headship of Christ over his church. By God's grace, by regeneration, they receive that place. In a sense, they had a place already from eternity. Also, by God's grace, they are made his people. They are changed from children of wrath into children of the living God. And if you miss that, may God make you jealous of it. That the church 
has someone loving them as his own body. But in the third one, I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is the man. What does that mean? The head of the woman is the man. Does it mean that the man is the boss? Absolutely not. Does it mean that it says that the man and the woman are partners? No. Just keep it close to the Bible. He is the head of the wife. Not the boss, not the partner, but the head. What does it mean? Well, the head governs, feeds, respects, controls, loves your own body. So the husband of the wife must nourish and protect and love his own body. Because his wife is his own body. That is unheard of. The Islam does not know about it. This is typically biblical. That there is equality. Equality, absolute equality between husband and wife. But yet headship. Caring, loving headship. Christ over the church. Submit yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife. Even as Christ is the head of the church and is the Savior of the body, therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be the, to their own husbands in everything. In every, everything. See? So, the three types of that headship. Brings you to the same point. Tender headship. Congregation, all authority in the Bible, all types of authority is always caring. Tender authority is headship. I would say even in business. But I mean, I mean, I often stay at the family. He is the owner, the co-owner of a huge business. I mean, I have breakfast at his place, and then he leads in prayer. He always prays every morning at breakfast. He prays for his employees. He prays for them. He does not separate business from religion. No, he sees it authority. He's caring authority. He cares for his people. He really does. But of course, in our context, the authority of a father, the authority of the husband, is not being a dictator and the boss. It's that the that, tenderness of tending, like a shepherd is tending the sheep. So husbands are called to also lead. We were created in God's image. Male and female created them. And every cell in your body, every single cell in your body is male or female. Females have only female cells. Males only male cells, right? The chromosomes are different. 
And whatever you feel, some men feel a woman, they say. But they aren't. Because God has created them as male. Every cell in the world is, 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 is masculine. But that's also true at home, right? The authority of the man, of his wife and children is called headship. In Genesis, the Lord says about Eve that she's a help meet for him. Two things about him. It does not say a help mate. The Bible does not speak ever, anywhere about a help mate. It says help space meet for him. So this meet mate means suitable. Meet means exactly what she is in need of. So as a help meet for him. She is just made exactly to suit his needs. A help meet for him. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful match. They, 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 they were met a meet for him. And the word help you may think that sounds derogative. She's a helper. Oh, yeah. Not any more than a helper. It doesn't sound that great, does it? But the word help in the Bible is aider. Aider. Do you hear that? I have heard of a stone, a stone of help. Hitherto the Lord has helped us. A stone of help. Even Ezer. Even Ezer, stone of help. It's stones erected as the memory of God's help. So God is the helper. So it is an honor that is speaking well of him, that is not the writer, that God is a little, 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 little helper. He is the helper. And so women are called the helpers meet for him. So their calling is not to be less important, to be equal, yes, but also to have that loving, caring relationship as a help meet for him. And that relationship is very deep in the Bible. A wedding, a marriage, are holy matrimony things. And the Lord keeps that in mind. The Lord keeps that high. For the Lord it is very important. So therefore, in a marriage, she respects him, we'll talk about that later in the third point as well. But he is called to be the male, the leader the initiator, the nurturer, the savior. So it means that he says, listen to that husband. He says, let us pray. He says that. I hear him saying, let us go to church. Who said that? Is that her desire? Is she taking that initiative? No, he is. He is the husband. 
He is the head of the wife. He makes sure the children go to catechism classes. He is checking if the children are listening to the sermon. The father means well for the body of his wife, also for his children. He encourages them to read the Bible. He is the head, not only in teaching them skills on earth, but teaching them the Bible. So don't let the school do other. Don't let the minister do that only. Or the elder at catechism classes. You as fathers, mothers also, in the first place, fathers. How do you say that? I almost said, be on the bar. I don't know how to say it. Just take responsibility. That's the word. Take responsibility. And feel responsible. And show an example so that your children see it in the Father that he loves his wife, his, his own body, and that he is a spiritual leader. You're called to do that. And I'm sure your wife will also really appreciate that. If you read that. If you have say it before she can say it. She don't like that. But that's beside the point. It is your calling. God's calling of all the fathers to educate the children in the ways of the Lord. Let me show you from the Bible, Exodus 12. It shall come to pass, this is about the Passover meal, shall come to pass when the children shall say unto you, what means ye by this service? But ye shall say it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt, and he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses. And the people bowed their head and worshipped. So it is recommended that children ask the dad how so what does that mean explain that to me and then he is doing it I like also Psalm 78 we will not hide them no we will not hide them from the children showing to the generation to come, the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to the children. Again, Appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to the children. Why? I'll continue. That the generation to come might know them. Even the children which shall which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandment. See? So fathers are called to educate and called to govern and called to born so that their hope will be set on God and that they would not forget 
his commandments. And you know those texts, like, right? Like Proverbs 19, Jason, thy son, thou shalt hope, and let not thy soul spare for his crying. We know that from Proverbs 22, train up a child in the way he should go, and then he's old, he will not depart from it. So we need to also nourish and discipline and fathers, men, be men. Be the head, not the boss, the head of the wife. For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. I found another text, a little different. And I thought that text does not belong in the sermon. I, I almost deleted it. He no, there are situations that the father does not do it. Does not understand it, does, does, does neglect his responsibility. Well then, so then think of Timothy, right? Timothy's father was a Gentile. And that from a child who has known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make the wise into salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So if your husband is not doing it, the wife is doing an extra part. And the Lord can, can bless that, right? Like Timothy had a father who did not lead in spiritual worship. And yet he knew the scriptures because of his, of his mother and his grandmother. But the main responsibility is for fathers. Ephesians 6, 4. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Nurture them and admonish them and steal them and encourage them to take the right direction. In today's culture, Men are followers. Men are soft-hearted. Men are not so alert. Men let the ladies do that. Men don't, don't feel that responsibility so much. But the Bible is different about them. Tender care. Now the Apostle writes a little more about it, right? He writes, O soul, every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head. But every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered, dishonoreth her head. For that is even our one as if she were shaven. So we see in this chapter that ladies, when they praying and prophesying, they're supposed to have their heads covered, right? There are three approaches about it, at least. Women, their heads in church, are you kidding? It is so old-fashioned. Out the window with that. We don't care about it. This, that, that sign, some say, that sign of headship is not understood anymore and people don't get it and it doesn't mean it anymore. 
So some don't pay attention to the sign needed to the principle behind it. Others say, listen, that hat is not telling the same thing anymore in our day and culture. But the principle behind it is the same. The principle of him being the head of the church is still valid. Right? So some say out of the window, some say that headship is still intact. Not the sign anymore. And also there are also people that say, well, why not? Why don't we teach the congregation if they have forgotten? Why don't we teach them that they had during prophesying and praying in church? I think that is the worship service. Why don't we just tell them that it's uh, not just fashion, it's not just a custom, it is something meaningful. And she puts her head on on her head on Sunday morning. She says, she reminds herself and others, I am not the head of the church. I'm not not, not the head of, of, of the man. He is my head. And then it says, because of the angels, right? We talk about that in the third one. The congregation, look at verse 10. For this cause are the women to have power on their head because of the angels. Because of the angels. That is difficult. I will try to explain to you what I think it means. There are other options that I like the most simple one. Angels see things. Angels notice things. When the sinner repented on earth, the angels see that. And they rejoice in heaven, don't they? The Bible says so. I see unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. So angels rejoice in heaven. Or think of one Peter one verse twelve. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us they administer the things which are now report unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost, sent down from heaven with things the angels desire to look into. So angels see, angels rejoice, angels desire to look into those things. So if Paul is talking about authority and headship and head coverings, and he's reminding the church there are angels looking. And it is not to God's glory if we don't. So let us make the angels happy. I can't make anything of this. The angels also appreciate the headship. And the angels appreciate that we also give that somebody. Respecting the headship. Read so clearly here that the uh, woman is 
call to respect the husband and to respect also this custom and although equal they also are called to respect their husbands respecting respecting to nourish leadership let me just make make make, make, make spectacle there's a couple and he does not understand his spiritual leadership just ignores that and just let his wife do all things he is not a man does not behave as a man right now what is he doing does he just put him down now you always you never you should step up you should be more, 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 more alert. You should have your eyes open. You have promised. You should this. You know that works the opposite. I don't recommend that. You should not demand. The woman should not demand leadership. But nourish it. Nourishing by praising him, by encouraging him, by reminding him carefully. But she is not the head. She should not take that place. And the more she criticizes him, the worse it becomes. Because if there's anything men hate, is to obey the wives. So don't get into the, into the rut. Pray for him. Be mindful of your position and win them over to the fear of the Lord and back off. Give them the opportunity to lead. Have patience. And even if you have to steal things in such a way, do it in such a way that he does not get so easily that he does not get offended. Let me keep in mind, let men keep in mind that the wives appreciate their leadership. Even if it sometimes does not seem like that. Sometimes men feel criticized and feel that she is too bossy. But she wants him to be the leader. I'm pretty sure I am. It's the nature of us people. Nevertheless, Neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man, in the Lord. For as the woman is of the man, even so is the man also by the woman. But all things of God. See that, how careful, how beautiful the Apostle Paul is carving this out? Judge in yourselves. Is it commonly that a woman pray unto God uncovered? Does not even nature itself teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a shame unto him? Don't you feel that? Does not nature tell you that hair is more important to a man, to a woman, than a man? I know there are examples of the Nazarenes and, and, and Absolute and so on. Does not take this way. So ought man to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife, loveth himself. 
For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherished even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. So he approached her, he deals with her as the queen. As the weak vessel, he honors her. And see in a biblical way, surrender. And let him be the leader and even nurses his leadership. Congregation, is Christ your head by, by, by grace? Show it. Show in your family life as a husband, as a wife. Show it in society that you care, that you love. And do you miss that? Well, it is not our purpose to just legalistically tell you how to behave. But what we need is that headship of the Lord Jesus Christ. Seek him while he may be found. Amen.